Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Hello and welcome to the 33rd episode of Just Riding Along in the fine year of 2019. It is highly likely that this is the last show for the year. And with that, Kenny did not make it. We had a little bit of back and forth about whether or not I was going to have phone and internet service so we could speak via the internet tubes because a fiber optic cable was dug or damaged or some crap and a lot of people didn't have internet and phone because of that because apparently the internet tubes share a lot of tubes yeah but at&t shared a tube with a hilltop broadband tube uh probably hilltop shares with at&t if i had to guess well yeah i mean sharing is mutual yeah, but it's like the confluence of a river. The larger river keeps the name, unless it's one of those like Bojangle times where like the other name wins, even though it shouldn't. Whatever. So we don't have any donations. Have some spiced apple cider that's all warmed up, filled up with Maker's Mark. And I have had a fairly long and interesting week. So Andrea has some stuff to talk about, and then I thought we could ramble a little bit about the year in review. And then we could just put this thing to bed for the year. And then next year is is going to be a whole different bag of badgers. A bag of badgers. Wow. That's way more exciting than a bag of dicks. Bag of badgers. Cool. There's some people out there in podcast land that will be like, ha, and they'll get it. Where? Which podcast did that come from? I have people ask me all the time, what podcast do you listen to? Because they assume since I have a podcast that I listen to podcasts. I, I don't. I actually, I downloaded a few to listen to on the drive to Memphis on uh, Tuesday. Well, this is a great time to do my quarterly plug or so of Overcast. If you have an Apple device and you want to have podcasts on your phone and you think the new Apple podcast pod player that's native to Apple is junk, you should get Overcast. It's tits. That's what I. That's what I looked at. So I've got one about. Uh, it's called "Living Your Daydream" or "Don't Quit Your Daydream." It's about how to turn your job into a remote job. Um, I downloaded one from the San Luis Valley. It's like San Luis Valley Voices, and it's an interview with a guy that has done a bunch of. He's like the premier uh, paranormal researcher in the San Luis Valley. That's like... Which the San Luis Valley is like... Paranormal AF? Like, if if Area 51 didn't exist, then all of the hype about anything paranormal in the United States would be about the San Luis Valley. Like, totally. It's, it is... If you're anything into paranormal stuff, it's all in the San Luis Valley. And so my goal... This is like a long-term kind of a dream goal that may not ever happen, but I really want it to is that I make a bikepacking route in the San Luis Valley that visits a lot of the paranormal hotspots in the San Luis Valley. I think it would be just rad. Like, it'll be really cool, but it's it'll take a long time to develop and make and everything. But that's, like, that's why I downloaded that. Um, not that I'm... I mean, I think the paranormal research stuff is interesting. Um, but, yeah, so I've got that. Um... Uh, those are the only ones that I've downloaded so far. But in the last week, I've got my lighting system. Oh, hold on, Mets. Well, for those of you that might want to know, what do I listen to? And I think I've covered this before, but in case we have some newer people that have no, no, like, frame of reference. Um, and this is changing for 2020. I won't work at the bike shop, but... My line for the longest time has been, I work at the bike shop, I ride my bike, I make a podcast about bikes. At the end of the day, the last thing I need to do is hear more shit about bikes. Yeah, and, and I and I have no desire to really listen to bike-related podcasts either. I mean, maybe if it's like a, a personal friend of mine giving a recount of something they've done on a podcast, I'd probably listen to it, but that's about it. Or like if Leo Wilcox had something, like someone that you know is like really interesting and someone that you have like kind of a vested interest in, even if yeah. they're not like a friend, but like. Right. But so with that said, um, I'll go off the top. The things that I digest that are. What are you after, dude? 
the big dog is after something again. He's always after something. He's always ruining a show. Taco, come lay down. I wish we had that nighttime a woo from Taco. Once Taco woke up in the middle of the night, actually he was dreaming and he did like a dream a and then went back to sleep. Like he never woke up. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'll start on like not podcasts. So like on YouTube, the only things that I digest would be uh, Hoonigans. I think it's all rad. If you've never watched any of the building battle stuff, it's all really fun. It's all really cool. Jesus God. We'll edit this part out. Taco lost his favorite ball behind something and wants to dig it out. All right, so the Hoonigans, I think build and battle, all that shit is rad. I think that everything from four-wheel drive action, they're Australian blokes, and they do some gnarly fun stuff, and it's rad. And then I watch all the Scotty Cramner BMX, and that's about all the BMX that I need. Occasionally, I'll grab something from Twitter, that's like so-and-so's new spot dropped, like for such-and-such. But that's a rare case if it's a rider that I like kind of know who they are, and I know that it's just going to be all bangers all the time. But when it comes to BMX, I have a very particular style that I enjoy watching, and I have a very particular style that I think represents BMX in a good way. And when it comes to pro riders, I think that you need to have like a lot of stees, I don't care if you get it done, you need to get it done and it looks good. So I don't consume a lot of professional BMX because I don't really love the way that it's headed. And that's a little bit of like a rant about how BMX today is not as stylish as it used to be. And it's all about like, well, I did a bar spin, but I landed with like one hand in the center of the handlebars and like one foot was off the pedals, but I didn't touch the ground. So it counts like bullshit. Old man yells at cloud. Old man yells at cloud. So... And then in podcast, I listen to some really, really cool stuff. Uh, I like Hysteria 51. I like the podcast Invention. I really enjoy the Mystery Show. Thanks, Nikki. She turned me on to that one. Um, science versus stuff they don't want you to know, stuff to blow your mind, stuff you should know, tech the, stuff. The stuff that they don't want you to know is pretty interesting. I'll probably download a few of those for my trip. And they have a lot of like hit and I don't want to say hit and miss, but it just depends on if the topic is something that you find interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then um, just like a real big shout out to Jonathan Strickland from Tech Stuff. He's someone that makes very technical things enjoyable. So I don't really care about why the NVIDIA like card system failed in the computer world however long ago, but he presented all that information in a very captivating way and was very interesting to listen to all of that go down. And And it's really odd because I just picked like something out of my brain, but I can remember that I was doing lawn work for a friend while I was listening to that podcast. I do like the science versus also, just because I have at one point in my life been involved with science and... I still see a lot of stuff that could be science versus very easily um, in the health and fitness industry. And yeah, so I really like, I mean, I, I, that's, that's another one. I'll, I'll download a few of those. Yeah. And you know, if you're like, wait, this isn't a normal mountain bike radio show. Well, you can push the end button anytime you want. Cause the idea was for this to be a little bit different than usual. Uh, for two reasons. One, you guys have listened to us say the same stuff about different things 32 times already this year. But the other is we've said the same things about different stuff 32 times this year. So it's nice to like mix it up occasionally from a like, how are you as a like the this side of the microphone? It's interesting to do it differently occasionally is what I'm trying to say. But I couldn't get those words to go from my brain and come out of my mouth. All I did was say something about traveling and downloading a podcast. And boom, here we are. We're like six minutes later. I've just been babbling about podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, I want to, well, so rewind a little bit in the last week. Really, I got Hold on, this. hold on. Let's back up. Back it up, Terry. Back it up, Terry. <laughs> Put it in Put reverse. Put it in reverse. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, Terry. <laughs> what you doing? Um, anyway. I got <laughs> that last one killed Matt. 
So I explained today, we have a coworker who is Dutch, and he saw the name of a city in Colorado that is spelled P-A... Oh, gosh. I'm not looking at it, so I can't spell Pararita. it. It's... So there's also a city spelled the same way, and it's in Mississippi, and it is called Paonia, like P-A-Y-O-N-I-A. And I don't know if the same, like he had a hard time, he was saying where he was going to drive, and he kind of like stumbled on the pronunciation of that town, and I was like, look, I could be totally wrong also, <laughs> because that's the Mississippi pronunciation well, pronunciation of that. Pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, there was one right there. The pronunciation of it. So earlier he was talking about van stuff, and we'll get to van stuff in this episode, but he was talking about van stuff, and he was like, I have an adapter base for this seat that swiffles. And I'm like, uh, he has a swivel base for his seat. But like, I mean, he can speak two languages, and I can speak exactly, one. Exactly, yeah. So like, go fuck me. Exactly, you know, I can get yeah. in a time machine and go fuck myself. Yeah. Right. He speaks two languages really well. I speak one language, like, kind of poorly. okay. Yeah, I speak kind, one language poorly. I speak one langu- language, language, kind of okay. But anyway, I got my lighting system for uh, Tour Divide. It is, I'm starting with the Dynamo Hub. I got the Sun Dynamo Hub, uh, like, laced to a Knox Teocali rim. It's their kind of a mid to lightweight trail rim. They have one rim lighter. I didn't want to do that because it's a little on the narrow side. I kind of wish they would. Shorty, let me update you. Yeah, like they need to upgrade, like update their lineup a little bit. I feel like the only, I feel like their lightweight cross country and their trail rim kind of need to be two different rims. Well, I think that if we look at a lot of, I think 2020 is going to see a lot of change with wheels. If we look at the Industry 9 product, those wheels are all very old. And we've been here before, guys. Remember when we said the Valor wheel was old and then a new wheel came out? Like, we're not industry insider douchebags. It's just a product that's three or four years deep into its cycle. Let's run through a laundry list. Everything you can think of. Knox wheels, right? Yeah. Industry 9 wheels? Yeah. Not Kona. their hubs, but their wheels, but like their, the rims. The like rim, their system. The rims. rim hoops. The hoops. Those are kind of old. Um, Kona Hanzo. That bike's very not updated for modern geo. It was modern geo before modern geo was modern geo. Yeah. Um, let's see what just came out today. The Pivot Less SL single speed was released because the Less had been running in boost single speedable for forever. You know, that was a bike that needed to be updated. Um, if we go back and look, the Trek Top Fuel was just updated this year, and that bike was a bike that was out for three years under the same like flagship kind of, or the same mold, let's say. Um, Ripley V4 came out. Like, what else is needs to come out that you can think of? I don't know. I can't think of these things on the spot. Um, uh, great one. Race face handlebars. There hasn't been new race face carbon bars in quite a while. Mm, they're new 35 mil stuff rides even though it looks exactly the same it rides differently than the first 35 mil stuff i can tell that just test riding it like it their first 35 mil bar was a fucking lead pipe like well i don't know lead's a soft metal that's not a good example it was not heavy but it was like the stiffest fucking carbon bar you've ever ridden and now the 35 mil race face bar feels like a normal carbon bar I mean, I think that there's other things that could be updated, but I just don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like a handlebar is something that they just kind of like update and just put the same graphics on and they don't because a handlebar doesn't change much. I mean, you have a few people that are doing like slightly kooky stuff with handlebars, like an SQ Labs bar, yeah. things like that. I mean, like the kookiest thing that I've had experience with recently is I got this salsa flat bar which has a wider clampable area so you can put arrow bars and bags and shit like that on it lay down sticks some lay down stick i got those lay down sticks on there um what else needs to be updated i feel like there's something else i don't, I don't know. know 
But anyway, so I got my Knox wheel. But where, sorry, before you continue, let me finish my interruption. Let me interrupt <laughs> to finish my interruption. Like when you look at a product and the same product has been out for like a period of time of three to four years, you often say like, well, like, should this be updated? And I think there's exceptions. When we talk about like a leading edge or like a a, a company leading product, so something like, a if we look at head wheels like sure they just released these limited edition like head vanquish black label wheels or whatever but that's not what i'm talking like i'm talking about those products i'm not talking about like a head belgium plus which is their 23 internal alloy wheel that's been the same for forever and doesn't need to change because it's like a workhorse product that's like a a gx level product doesn't need to change it just works and by god we're gonna keep making them yeah but like not too long ago, Bontrager finally did like a wide cross country weight rim. And I think that Knox needs to kind of do the same thing because I've been like every time I need a set of wheels, I look through their stuff hoping there's something new because I want something that's as wide as the Tia Cali, which is 26 internal, but as light as the Skyline, which I forgot the weight on it, but it's sub 400 gram. 29 inch rim um you know so that's that's really what i'm looking for and bond trigger's doing that now um but i shopped around like that was kind of my best option for something that wasn't i was really looking you know tour divide is it's hard on equipment and all that but still like i'm gonna have a pretty light setup i am a relatively light person myself small human whether it's it's Compared to like Colorado, you know, high country riding, it's relatively smooth riding. It is rough Jeep roads. I get that. There's some, you know, there are rocks out there. There's stuff that can break stuff. But the wheel set I'm riding is a cross country wheel set. And I have all the confidence in the world that it's going to be fine. So, but it's a, a Reynolds, their black label wheel set, which is a 25 internal cross country wheel set. And Knox isn't doing that. They've got their skyline is 23. And I know I'm talking about three millimeters there, but. Yeah, but it's not just three millimeters. When you're going from 23 to 26, three millimeters means a lot. If you're going from 123 to 126, three millimeters is negligible. Yeah, yeah. You know, so three millimeters at that point is like one eighth, which is almost like 13% or so. Yeah, so that's the wheels that I've been riding, and I'm going to ride that rear wheel with the Knox Tia Cali uh, rim with a Sun Dynamo hub. And I've got the K-Lite, uh, their full system, to run a their Bike Packer Ultra front light and the Cube rear light. And I got the dual Cube because I like extra safety. So there will be a blinky red light on both uh, seat stay. And it will... Uh, what are you drawing? <laughs> Matt's doodling over here and it's distracting me. Well, don't look. <laughs> so I'll have blinky red lights on both seat stays that will be powered by the dynamo at all times. And no one will want to ride behind me, which is fine because it's illegal to draft in Tour Divide. It's also illegal to use a sail. Yeah. The J. Peter Very rule. I mean, I wasn't going to name names, but yeah. I mean, that's literally the J. Peter Very rule. That rule is put into all bikepacking races because of him. Well, you know. Anyway, um, so I've got the Bikepacker Ultra Light um, on the front, the cubes in the rear, and then uh, there's a little box that I can plug a cash battery into uh, to charge cash that. Cash me outside. How about that? Yeah, to charge that. Uh so that will charge, and then I can plug, um, you know, plug my phone into that. I can use it to charge my Wahoo. My goal is, and it's it's kind of weird. The research that I've done, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I want everything to be battery powered, not rechargeable battery, like a mini USB port, but like double A's." Yeah, double and triple A batteries. Like I'm gonna, I want everything to be double and triple A batteries. I don't want any of my shit to be double and triple. The only thing that I'm planning on using batteries for is my spot tracker because you there have to. Well, there are some people that have rigged it to where it's it can charge off the dynamo, 
or it can run off the dynamo, not even charge off of it, but run off the, a dynamo or a cash battery. But I'm, I'm not into that level of hackery. Yeah. Hackery. So that's the only thing I'm planning on carrying batteries for. And I want to carry batteries. I, I know I can buy batteries in gas stations and whatnot, but you don't know how long those batteries have been there. And, you know, if you expect a brand new set of nice double A lithium, and that's also a thing, um, spot trackers, I think they only use lithium double or tri- whatever. Uh, uh, lithium double A's only or triple A's only. Yeah. yeah, it's only lithium or rechargeable batteries. And I'm not going to carry the brick that recharges those batteries. And I'm not going to hope that a gas station has lithium fucking batteries in it. Or if they do have lithium batteries, it's like at. I know a true divide rider needs these prices. Yeah. I mean, at that point, cost doesn't matter because doing tour divide, you're just, you're like burning money while like, you go. Like you're, you, you're you just like just... rolling joints with hundreds all the way. Exactly. Down. Like it is so expensive to do in missing work and spending money while you're out there. Like it is. And I'm not even planning on staying in hotels unless I really have to, you know, I'm, I'm going to sleep very, uh, Minimally, if all goes to plan, but so this bitch is going to roll into Salida, say "fuck it," go take a shower, pound a claw, and go sleep in a bed. <laughs> I can't do that; that's illegal. You, Unless you, I buy one at the hostel. No, nah, I mean, if you like, just you're just going to be like, "fuck all this." Yeah, I mean, I could do that too, and that you know, I, I keep telling people I'm not atta- I'm not attached to any outcome of this. It. Marcel asked me today, he's like, how long do you expect for it to take? I was like, yes, somewhere between 14 and 30 days. So either new record, just finishing or somewhere in between, you know, so that's, that's my plan. YOLO. Yeah. What else is new? I was just going to say like, again, I'm not, I'm planning on not using regular batteries uh, except for my spot tracker i'm gonna have my headlamp is usb rechargeable but my, it can take batteries it can like that's the nice thing i got the petzl uh actic i think it's called actic core actic core and it has a battery pack or if you need to not use the battery pack you can put AAA batteries in it so yeah that's like, cool. it's it like a nice a, backup it has this little battery pack which is really awesome and they're super light. I'll probably carry an extra one with me and just charge one, just have a charged one at all times. But for anyone out there that's like on the fence or needs a new headlamp or like in the future, if you lose one, if you get one of these, what's really nice is it has this little pack that replaces three triple A's. So you can charge, like you can flip it open. Like you were going to change the batteries and just plug a charger into it. Like a mini USB. Awesome. Charges it up. Beep boop headlight worky or you could snatch it out and throw batteries in it but what's really cool is that versatility and if you buy one it comes with it and what's absolutely insane absolutely insane 2010 i did a mountain bike race 12 hour i needed a headlamp i bought that night rider my new 130 i mean that was like top of the line shit right there that was like fancy 130 lumens you had like a fucking car battery on your back i spent like a million dollars it was probably like at retail like a 150 dollar light for 130 lumens and it had some runtime of you know like 16 seconds or something (laughs) like you would turn it on and be like oh that's the setting i want and then the battery would flash and be like oh yep time to swap batteries like it was unbelievable how bad that stuff was but fast forward to today Last week, technically, I went to the local uh, Salida Mountain Sports, which is like our local gear supplier, and I picked up one of those Petzl Actic cores, and I have one that's a like a two years newer than Andrea's, 450 lumens, like hour runtime on 450. It has like six hour runtime at like 150, so I could run my lamp at the same, like more output than I had 10 years ago. For like three times longer for half the cost. In something that weighs... Nothing. A quarter of a pound at the most. To quote Billy Simpson, it don't weigh nothing. Exactly. So, you know, light technology, 
I think that's somewhere that 2020, like when we talk about forecasting again, and this is hard because lights have already gotten so good, but lights are just going to continue to be better if a company decides that it's worth investing. And that's something that we may see is people may just like kind of stall out and be like, oh, shit's already really good. I feel like the normal like endurance, like I'm going to do either a lap race or a single ride of you know, three or four hours at night. I think those lights have not changed a lot recently because I was looking at light and motion site and the light that I have that I did vapor trail with in 2015, the first time I did it. No, that was 2013, 14. I don't remember. It was before I moved to Colorado and I moved to Colorado in 2015. That light's pretty much the same. I think maybe they have a brighter version available now, but the battery pack is the same. So, you know, that that stuff hasn't changed much. Um, the Bikepacker Ultra front light that I have from K-Light is a relatively new model. And it's made with LEDs have a special shape that's more square than round. Um, you know, it's... The way that it's built, everything is... It's like it's put together and then injected with a plastic liquid that turns hard. And so it's pretty much watertight and indestructible. It's pretty cool. So it gets hard and tight? Yeah. Wow. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ride this stuff. Like It's going to be probably you know a little closer to springtime before I'm really getting into a lot of night riding. So that it's not, you know, 17 degrees at night. So you don't freeze your tits off. <laughs> exactly. But once I really get a chance to test this stuff out and really get an idea of, you know, how it works, how good it is, how bad it is. I mean, I may not, yeah, you know, I may have issues with it. I've, I fucking have issues with Axis and it's the best shit out there. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm picky. Cur mudge in. Yeah. So I'm going to use it for a little while and uh, if I like it I'm going to have Carrie the guy from K-Lite who is a super nice guy by the way if you ever buy their product um, he is extremely helpful and I've heard from someone else that he's a little on the crazy side so I definitely want to interview him about his product after I get a chance to really I don't want to like I haven't even put the stuff on my bike yet because I'm just not riding at night because it's really fucking cold at night my eyes hurt. Yeah. So once I get it installed and get a, you know, get a good few rides on it, I will definitely talk to him about doing an interview because I uh, hear he's an interesting fellow. And I, my, my experience just emailing with him was really good. Well, um, let's see. So you've covered your K-Light stuff in depth ad nauseum. What else do we need to do? Uh, I was going to say my dog bite's healing up. Oof. Yeah. Also, super nice neighbor. He feels really bad. He's surrendering his dog to the police academy, right? Yeah, to the police department. I, I feel... I mean, it sounds like if you talk to him, he's kind of at his wits end with the dog. Like, it scares people. Because if it's in his truck, it acts like it wants to attack people. Which, obviously, it will attack. And I, I think it biting me let him know that it will actually attack people. Not that it's just barking at people. So... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big dog. That's that's a... It's a big responsibility. And I think he realizes that he's not the man to take on that responsibility. You know, he and his wife, who are... Uh, they're not old, but they're not young either. They're like middle-aged business they're, owners. They're boomers. But we got okay boomers. He showed up today. Uh, Andrea, he offered Andrea if you ever need help plowing. Because um, I got my van stuck today. <laughs> he got his van stuck in the driveway. So, uh, Mark, I think. Mike. Mike. God, I need to write that down. Like a lot of times. I need to put his number in my phone. Because he told me his name twice today and I could not remember it. Um, you could just, he's old enough and you're young enough. You could call him Mr. in his last name. I don't want to do that though. Um, but he came over today. Uh, Andrea, I texted Andrea and I was like, yeah, we got to figure out this fucking driveway because <laughs> I am stuck. Like 
there's two kinds of stuck. And for those of you out there whose eyes just glazed over, you're about to get fucking redneck. Okay. <laughs> there's two kinds of stuck. There's stuck where you're like, dang old man, my truck ain't going to move. And then they're stuck like, like you're like, I just got to wait until springtime to get my truck out. But then there's like stuck, which is what I was today, which is I was here and I wanted to go there. And none of the moves that I tried making got me over there. And when I say none, we're talking about a big sprinter van also. So I have an ambulance sized sprinter van. I have a 2011 sprinter high roof. Two-wheel drive that's getting new tires in two weeks. Okay, so let's just set the stage here. Um, Mercedes is really nice. There's a little light on the dash that flashes when traction control's on. <laughs> you saw that light a lot today. You could have thrown. Did you, a, did you burn that light out today? You could have thrown a discoteca in my van today <laughs> just based on that light flashing. Because what was happening is the driveway very gradually slopes one direction. Hey, uh, One Direction. That's yeah. a boy band. Um, and what I was trying to do was I wanted the butt end of the van pointing. Like you drive up the driveway straight towards the shop, and I needed to make a three-point turn to put the butt end of the driveway at the shop. The van. The van. Yeah. What did I say? The driveway. Or, yeah, the butt end of the van at the shop. And I couldn't get it to happen. So, like, I came in the driveway, and I literally was like, oh, this is bad. And I was like, well, there's a tree right there. And I was like, hmm. And it was like, wouldn't back up, wouldn't back up. So I got out and I shoveled some snow and I threw some like sandy, silty, rocky dirt behind the wheels. And it wouldn't back up, it wouldn't back up. So like I dug and dug some more and threw some more dirt. And I was like, well, when the van goes backwards, I just have to go out of the driveway. So that was the first time I came in the driveway. <laughs> the second time I came in the driveway... Things didn't work much better. A different approach nah, didn't really nah, didn't work. So I still ended up shoveling and stuff. Third time I came in the driveway, it got real weird again. So so I, he lets me know that shit's fucked. I'm like shit's fucked. So I left the driveway one more time, and I came back and with a very committing drive, which momentum, speed, and what's awesome about the Mercedes technology and traction control is it's smarter than i am so i just came into the driveway and there's a tree that i needed to go under and then uphill in order to get parts in a place that i could back up towards the shop and i just when i <laughs> turned, on it a when little. i turned right i just left my foot literally on the floor and let traction control figure the rest out until i was far enough uphill that i knew once I cleaned all the snow and ice and junk out of the way between where I was and the shop, that I'd be set. And then I texted Andrea and was like, destination fucked. And uh, <laughs> the dude came over and plowed our driveway with his tractor. Yeah, I just I just talked to him for a few minutes and let him know I was good. And he's, I, I feel like he's very thankful because a lot of times in that sort of situation, people lose their fucking shit. And it's, I mean, it's scary as shit. It's scary to have a hundred plus pound German Shepherd come after you and fucking attack you because that's what happened. Like, he saw me and was like, bitch, you are going down. And that's what he did. And, you know, I'm lucky to get out of it with just like one kind of bad bite. Um. Yeah, like just a front of the mouth, just bite and let go. It wasn't like a full sink in and that's. Unfortunately, why this dog won't make a good police dog, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, you know, for a dog that size, he could have put me in the fucking hospital. And that guy knows that. And, you know, it's it's scary, you know, when that stuff happens. So, uh, you know, a lot of people lose their shit and a lot of people bring in lawyers and lawsuits. And it's like, man, you, you covered my expense of buying new tights and some stuff to bandage my leg you're trying to be a good neighbor, you know, you offered to take me to the, the hospital and I'll, I'll take you up on it if I need to. And I know the signs of infection. If that happens, I'm going to go, but it didn't happen. So I didn't go, you know, there's, there's no reason to really get all of that stuff involved just because someone fucked up a little bit. You know, I've, I've had an asshole dog before and you know, it's just an what extra was that dog's name. Uh, I had a dog named Skipper. Oh and... yeah. Skipper fucked up. 
she t- fucked up another one. Like she was dog aggressive, but she was dog aggressive in the same way that that this dog was people aggressive. Mom, like she could have, she could. She, well, she tried to kill one of my other dogs. So, bye, Skipper. Yeah. Um, I mean, a three hour tour. <laughs> she was a good dog, but other than that, that was a Gilligan's Island reference. I know. Okay. But anyway, so you know and. I feel bad that he's going to get rid of his dog, who's his pet. You know, that's a very emotional decision to make about it. And, But that's also a very responsible thing is to say, you know, I have a dog that will bite people and that's got some aggression issues and I'm going to send it off to someone who... And that's also good. You know, I'm glad he's willing to send it off to someone who might be able to train it better. You know, I think... Maybe not protection training is the best thing for that dog. I think it's really just needs a lot of obedience and just a very uh, aggression knowledgeable owner. Um, and I hope that's what it finds. I hope it doesn't end up saying like, well, this dog sucks as a police dog. We're just going to put it to sleep because it's aggressive and not trainable. But in the end, sometimes that just happens, you know. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, like it, it sucks, but that's how things go. But yeah, I mean, I'm just Don't glad. Don't us. <laughs> I'm glad he's being a, a responsible dog owner. And he plowed our driveway, which was nice. Speaking of plowing driveways, why was I? Why did the driveway need to be plowed? I have a van now. Yeah. So Andrew got some stuff from K Light. I got a 2011 or 10, who knows, Sprinter van. It's a Merce- You got a Mercedes. I know. I have a Mercedes now. There's only three lights on on the dash. <laughs> Uh, it's really funny. Like, there's a, an appointment set up. I'm gonna get new glow plugs installed, which help it start when it's cold, like 12 <laughs> degrees. You know, after that, you that need took a, a hot minute this morning. It just took a little bit to start this morning. It was fine. You just you just had to want it. I wanted it, so I got it to start. I I definitely was waiting until you got it started before I left for work. Well, I mean, it was gonna work out fine. I watched it start the other day when it was that cold, and it was just like. Yeah, it's going to start eventually. Like, So, um, it was cool. Cleaned it out today. And, you know, just like anything, like you get a used bike, you get a used car, you get a used Sprinter. He's fucking overhauling it. Yeah, I'm pretty much overhauling the van. I mean, I plan to spend, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a number out, 200, 250 days in the van this year. It's going to be a lot. So, I figured I may as well make it my own, and I've been given like some budget and some time to get that done. I don't have to be at work until January 5th, really January 6th at 8 a.m., four hours away. So January 5th, I'm going to get started on that. I'm going to sleep in my van, which is going to be tits. Um, Can you stop describing things as tits? Titties. Same thing. It's a. It's Tom. I miss Tom, Okay. We should have invited Tom. Well, Tom was sick. He couldn't Tom's do this sick. episode. Tom's sick. So, but yeah, I got a van this week and I worked some more at Rebel. I went back to Carbondale for a week and I worked with them Tuesday through Friday and we did inventory and we did inventory in six man hours, which was awesome. So. That's an organized and small organization. <laughs> like that's the combination of not having like a bike shop's worth of inventory and also being very organized with it. Well, a difference too is like as a bike shop, when you do inventory, you're having to cover like many model years and like many product generations. But like there's no 11 speed in the building. It's all 12 speed and it's all SRAM. So it's really easy. Now, that may change at some point in the future, but for today at where we are, it was really easy to get done. Also, he doesn't listen, but one of the guys there, also named Matt, made things super organized, and he printed off a bunch of like barcode labels, so everything was. It was just super easy. That's the only way to put it. But I did, I did count like a lot of headset spacers, like way more than I've ever counted at any bike shop. Like lots and lots of headset spacers, because if you think about like at a bike shop, you might use like I don't know two headset spacers a week or some crazy low number because you're just like oh yeah this customer brought in their bike and it didn't have a headset spacer that they needed because they lost one or this bike didn't have one that it should have shipped with 
they're like, oh, new bike, here's four spacers. Another new bike, here's four spacers. Another new bike, here's four spacers. You need to start putting like five and six spacers in there, like more than what people should put under the stem just to see if people do it. No. One, that'll cost more money. And two, that'll make people do things that are stupid with a T. I'm not sending extra headset spacers. Those come out of my bottom dollar. <laughs> nah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much my week. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, you can get a lot done if you offer someone a sandwich. So... <laughs> Just remember that if you ever need something cut off with a blowtorch, and there's a business very near yours that would definitely have a blowtorch, and you go over and very politely ask if they could cut something off with their torch, they'll probably offer to cut it off with their torch for you, and you can just buy the guy that cut it off with a torch like lunch. Yeah. So never underestimate the power of a sandwich. Look, if you ever go into a bike shop and you were like in that just destination fucked situation. Destination fucked. And you need something done in like the next two hours. And they're busy as fuck. Be like, look, does one of your mechanics want lunch? I'll buy them whatever they want for lunch. You're probably going to get your shit worked on. Because lunch is a very powerful leverage in the blue collar industry. Be careful. You have to use... Okay, here's the thing, though. If you're just like Captain Douchebag and you show up with lunch and want your shit fixed on the spot every time, very quickly that lunch will be eaten and that work will not be done. People will catch on to your bullshit. Yeah, so. I mean, like, if you're... Uh, this is... I should have prefaced this with... If you're already, like, a... You know, a an established customer with your bike shop and you don't cause a fuss and, like, you're polite to people and whatnot... And then all of a sudden you're just fucked the morning before you, and you should have, you know, you fucked up. You should have had this looked at a long time ago and it finally is biting you in the ass the morning you're supposed to leave for vacation. That was the moment he knew he'd fucked up. Just go in and say that you messed up. <laughs> go in and say, you know, you messed up and you know, you shouldn't be doing this, but you'll buy someone lunch if they just drop what they're doing and fix it. They'll probably do it. And then every mechanic raises like a bacon club sandwich at you and is like, already got lunch, motherfucker. Your host. <laughs> yeah, you better hope that no other customers came in and did the same thing and fed everyone already. You could be host. Yeah. They might just say, you know, you can buy me lunch when you get back or something, but lunch is a very powerful thing. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, if you live in a town where stuff's expensive, you're, you know, you're thinking like, this is basically like dropping a 15 to $20 tip. It's but not also, really that much, but it's very powerful. Never underestimate the power of cream. Cash rules everything around me. Dang all, man. <clears throat> I was thinking, like with a K, Kashima rules everything around no, me. No, that's dumb. This awkward silence is on purpose. <laughs> um, Did we have any questions? Nope, not this episode. Oh, okay. Um, so, I guess as a closing, it's a bummer. What's your What's the highlight of your your year in bikes? Let's outside of the the seaweed factory poop shoveling place bike shop. Uh, what was your highlight of twenty nineteen? Uh, not even bike related like it can be anything highlight of 2019 because i know your foot was hurt so you didn't get to do a lot of bikes um can i give you two answers sure you can do whatever you want this is this is your podcast so one my dad came out and spent like 10 days with me that was really cool he's awesome uh, i have a lot of fun every time he's around did we say about the higher than no, we Can don't. Can we tell that we story? Need, look, Can we please tell that at, story? At one point, my dad was here, and he may have said, I'm higher than giraffe pussy. He said bird pussy. Oh, bird pussy. Yeah. Um. So uh, <laughs> let's just say that. Just my... imagine a man that looks like Santa Claus on the weekend in Florida. It's like if He's Santa got Claus... camouflaged Crocs. I mean, what other color Crocs would you get? He ain't getting orange ones. He's not a UT Vols fan. Come on now. All right. So, 
Um, yeah, like that was a lot of fun. My dad's a hoot to be around. He's super handy. I always learn a lot from him and it was really cool. And then I think the other one was foot stuff aside. I think even if my foot had been healthy, I would have enjoyed riding the motorcycle as much as I did because it's just a much different way to enjoy Colorado. And this is the most beautiful place that I've ever been. And I love being here. So like being able to hop on my motorcycle or hop on my bicycle or go for a ski, which is something that I recently got a pair of skis or even like as simple as taking my super cheap fishing setup and going out and like sitting by the river and fishing for an hour and not even getting a nibble. That's still super fun. So like, I think the takeaway, my highlight of the year is I realized that I don't love Colorado because I'm here and biking is good. I love Colorado because I like being here and there's lots of things that I can do for fun. So, um, that and always seeing your family or seeing people you love, let's, let's qualify it that way. Cause not everyone has a great relationship with their family, but I happen to. So anytime you can see someone you love, that's always fun. So I think that's a very like heartwarming answer, right? Shit. What? My answer was going to be way less heartwarming. Well, I mean, what's your favorite thing of 2019? I mean, riding motorcycles. Like you mentioned that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was really awesome. Like riding motorcycles was really awesome. And buying a house was Ooh, that, that's scary cool. and really awesome. Uh, buying a house someplace just kind of remote, also scary and a little awesome. I was really thinking of Mountain's Revenge as being like the highlight of my 2019 because I trained a lot leading up to it. I trained really hard. And even though the race didn't go exactly how I planned, because you can't plan back, you can't make plan, you can, you can prepare for the backcountry, but you can't make plans about how nature's going to act. And I, made a big mistake in that of trying to look at someone's plan called a forecast and ride according to that. And it didn't turn out as the forecast said. And I almost died because of it in two different ways, being struck by lightning and getting hypothermia. And I didn't die, which was awesome and didn't have search and rescue called on me, even though I almost did. And then I ended up being the overall winner. So that was pretty much the highlight of my year was not dying in two different ways in either of two different ways. And then winning overall at a race because of my ballsy move that almost killed me twice. Your lipsy move. Yeah. Yeah. My ovary-ish move. Oh, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, uh, yeah, so that's like, let's say, highlight of 20. Ow, your fucking big dog bit me on the foot a little bit. I, I feel like my takeaway from 2019 is take hard, suffering, difficult situations and let them make you stronger. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty. You know, I I agree with that. I went through some hard stuff this year. I, I had a foot injury, and who knows? It might flare up this year. I don't know. Um, but I've had some injuries, and I've had some, I would say, like hard times personally that maybe didn't get talked about on the show. Um, but at the end of it all, like I feel like I'm coming out of this year in a much better place than ever. And let's face it, I also feel like I'm entering this year with – just recently accepting a position for a job that I've wanted for a very long time. So I'm like, I feel like I've kind of made it. Um, for those of you that don't know, like, yes, I truly enjoy working at the bike shop and working at the bike shop is something that gives me one type of fulfillment and satisfaction. Like I really like stoking people out and I really like forming those long-term relationships with people. And I like being able to come through and make someone's day. But over the last few years, uh, I've wanted to do some continual growth professionally. 
And this is one way that that's possible. And when I was interviewing for jobs leading into moving to Colorado, one of the jobs that I interviewed for was a demo driver. And unfortunately, I didn't get that job. And I think in retrospect, it's easy to say this, but like, it's really good that I didn't get that job. I don't think I was ready for that job. And I don't think I was able or like mature enough or like personally ready to do something like that. But I feel like now going into 2020, the person that I am and the task that's set before me, I feel like I can really achieve, which I'm super excited about doing. So I'm very excited about 2020 and I'm very excited about bikes. But if you think for a second that I'm not going to come home and like grab a fishing pole and hop on my motorcycle and go fishing, you're out of your mind. Like, you know, I guess the takeaway is, is like, I'm going to enjoy being in Colorado in a lot of ways over the next year. And you're just going to have to strap in and listen to it. Cause there's going to be days that I've been on the road and I'm going to phone the show in from the road for sure. And the show's, the show's going to change in some ways. You know, my day to day is going to be a little bit different, but what's going to be cool is I'm going to be able to lay out a demo schedule and I'm going to say like, Hey, like, if you want to ride some really cool bikes and high five, you can meet me here. I'm going to be at this bike shop. I'm going to be at this event. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. And I think that's just really interesting. And I think that's going to be a fun time because during that Rocky Mountain demo tour, I got to meet some people that were listeners. Like I met Clayton and I met a guy named Jesse. Um, oh, I got to talk about the maple syrup we got. Right. We like, have We do have that question. Hold on. So I met some people this year and it was really cool. And it's just, I'm looking forward to meeting new people next year. And for a lot of people that meet me, they're going to already know me from the show, but then you're going to meet me in real life and you're going to realize maybe I'm not the worst person in the world. You don't need a throat punch. I don't need to be throat punched. So, um, I'm going to let you pronounce this. All right. So. What we have is uh, Mark with a C from Montreal sent over some syrup durable. So I just want to tell the story about this. Is this came in to the bike shop, and I saw that it was something from Canada that wasn't from Rocky Mountain, which we get stuff from there occasionally from Canada. It was something from Canada that was addressed to Matt and myself. And I told my coworkers, I said, I have no idea what this is, but it's obviously something JRA related. So I'm going to open it outside in case it's something like a glitter bomb or uh, like fart spray or something like that. <laughs> so I did, but it was two cans of maple syrup with a nice letter from Mark with a C. And, and cans. They're, it's like soup cans of maple syrup. These are 540 milliliter cans. And one of the guys, Mike from... Uh, Revel. Actually, I was like talking about how people mail us maple syrup, and he was like, "Oh, dude, did you get some?" Of I was like, "It came in a can. It's really weird." He's like, "Oh, is it all in French?" And I'm like, "How do you know this shit?" He's like, "Dude, I'm from Vermont. I know everything maple syrup." And I'm like, "Damn!" <laughs> so we like had some maple syrup nerd talk, and then uh, Mark says, "Hey, Jared Crew, I hope this gets you in time for the holidays, and you find a way to share amongst the three of you." These cans. So I guess we should put a can of this in the mail. Yeah, we can send Kenny. a can to Kenny. Uh, this the can contains some legit stuff, harvested and transformed by an 85 year old man who takes care of my 82 82 years old father out in the woods. And there's actually a Google link that's been printed out that I would have to type in to see where <laughs> this is made. That I think I'm going to commit to doing. Definitely. He says, "Keep up the good work." And if you're short on questions, here's one I'd like you three, there's only two of us a day, to discuss. In bike publications, web, print, and podcasts, they rave about $8,000 carbon bikes from Santa Cruz, Yeti, Ibis, etc., and call them lightweight when they're still less than 32 pounds. What's up? My 2015 process, 134, costs less than $3,000. It's still all tight and tidy with no play and complete silence, and the geometry is quite up to date. With the weight a hair over 28 pounds. I've upgraded some parts over the years, but I'd say the nice wheels and wise tire choice are what counts the most. You have a glimpse of it behind my daughter's bike. Looking forward to the next episode, Mark with a C. And well, So the places where you're reading those reviews are expected to call them lightweight. 
That's pretty much it. Like they're just, for one thing, bikes have gotten heavier and it's been just a little bit more acceptable that bikes have gotten heavier. And that's a that's not necessarily a bad thing. Bikes have gotten more durable. If you think about bikes, carbon bikes, you know, eight to 10 years ago, that shit broke. Not all the time and not guaranteed, but there were bikes, models of bikes that if you put one in your work stand now, you clean it off in the place where it always breaks first before you put any other time into it. And bikes now just generally aren't like that. And it's because they got heavier. They got just, you know, just built a little bit. Your bikes got a little too light. It's like carbon. People started making carbon mountain bikes and they're like, shit, we can make these like road bikes. And that didn't work out all the time. So they started making them more like mountain bikes and they got heavier and that's, that's okay. But you know, it's a combination of that along with the fact that the places where you're seeing the reviews saying it's lightweight, um, they're paid to write that. Well, but also I can just look at his why I can give some like quick insight. It has SLX two piston brakes. So we would argue that two piston brakes are probably undergunned for most trail bikes in the modern world. And then it's also running Ardents, which are going to come in in the neighborhood of like 800 and change, where most of the tires that are coming on bikes now to, and it's like a pike bike, you know, so it's a 35 mil chassis bike. So if you had heavier tires and a 36 and four piston brakes and... Yeah, like that bike now comes with a Lyric and four piston brakes and probably DHF, DHR or something comparable... Right. So I would say what gives, I think that's what he asked, right? Uh, yeah, like why what's are these, up? why are publications saying that a just under 32 pound bike is lightweight? I think if you rallied like a uh, 2020, um, 2020 Rascal is going to be similar travel to what you have now and 29 inch wheels. So it's a bigger wheel size than what you have now. So that should account for a little bit more weight. But I think if you rallied a new Rascal, a new 130, I mean, I say Rascal because I have a bias and like, you know, I, or what would that be? I have a vested interest in saying that. But like if you rode a new Rascal, a new 130, um, a new Ripley or Ripmo, because you're kind of in between bikes there, um, what would be another good option there? Uh, the new, May like a Mayhem. Yeah, the uh, Spot Mayhem. That bike's pretty old. It is like that. That that's one of the ones like in that first conversation. In that first conversation of bikes that yeah. are old. That bike's old. That bike is old. Um, but it's awesome, we, but it is old. But when we look at like if you went out and rallied one of those like full tilt boogie and to borrow this like this is an old thing that I learned from the path. Like they said, breaking point. And they were talking about setting up suspension for your breaking point, and they weren't meaning when you're on the brakes. They mean like when you're going at a pace where you're reaching for the brake levers, like when you're full about to pucker, setting the suspension up to handle those moments. Like if you rode one of those new bikes, like right up to that ragged edge where you're like, eh, shit, I got a daughter at home. I need to like ease up a little bit. You're going to go, oh, that's, that's why new bikes weigh a little bit more. And there's nothing, nothing at all wrong with your 2015. Process 134. You love that bike. That's a nice bike. You have a daughter that you get to go out and ride with together, and that is legitimately heartwarming. But in all reality, I think that those new bikes weigh more for a reason. And I'm not mad that my bikes weigh what they weigh today. If I can put the proper wheel and tire on a bike, I'm generally really happy with it. Yeah, like I can ride my Mayhem at, it's like 26 and a half pounds with kind of like, it's like an XR4 and Recon 2.25 rear. Uh, I can ride it in that combination with the Tia Cali wheels for, and it's 26 and a half pounds and it slaps. But the pucker point that Matt was talking about, the braking point is a little bit slower than if I have a DHF 2.5 on the front with the DHR in the rear and I'm on like I mean I could Farlows. Yeah, like I had the Farlows on it when I had it set up like that and then I wanted to race it so I made it a cross country trail bike. I made it down country. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like 
I'm really happy with the weight of most of my bikes right now. Oh, actually, I don't really have that many bikes. You don't have bikes right now. You have a gravel bike and a, a I hardtail. Have, I have a gravel bike and I have a hardtail gravel bike and then I have a single speed. Yeah. So I'm pretty, as far as like bike industry douchebag goes, I'm at this, I'm in this weird point where I don't have a full suspension bike, but you know, full disclosure, if we go back months ago when I was saying I wanted to buy top fuel and I really couldn't, eh, eh, I was like, I knew that I was looking for a job and it was, I didn't want to buy like, I knew that I wasn't getting a job with Trek. So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to buy a Trek and then maybe in the next, you know, two to 12 weeks get a job somewhere else. So I just kind of pumped the brakes and I mean, it worked out well. There's snow on the ground now. There's not single track to ride. So I missed out on very few rides. Like I'm using finger quotes here, missed out on very few rides. Um, and I had money to buy a pair of skis and now I'm in this really cool situation where I'm, I'm, I don't really need to buy a bike. Um, right. And if I had to predict, I would say that Spot is going to make the Mayhem a bigger bike since they just, and this is me just forecasting. Like, I haven't talked to the people at Spot in a hot minute. Um, Paul actually did email me the other day about testing a, one of the shorter travel bikes, but I'm training for Tour Divide, and like Matt said, there's snow everywhere. So I'm like, what about like middle of next summer? And that's cool. Like, we're going to work that out. But we haven't, we definitely have not talked anything about any bikes that they're going to release. I don't know anything from them. This is me just taking educated guesses is that since they just released a shorter travel bike in a couple of, in like a real, in like a short travel and then a slightly longer short travel. Well, they made an XC bike and then a, like endurance, a bike. light trail bike or a marathon bike. Yeah. Yeah. I marathon. mean, I wish that that term would come back like marathon. Yeah. Like that's sure. a good term. Yeah. That, that is good. But if we look through their product schedule, it would only make sense. The Rollick is their oldest bike. So it makes sense right. that they redid the Rollick. Well, they did re, they made it a Rollick with longer travel. Like the Rollick has been out and it's in its second version now. The Mayhem is still in its first version. Oh, then there's a new Mayhem at Sea Otter. Duh. <laughs> I mean, like, like if the Rollick has been redone and the Rive has been released in like let's call it two formats and the Mayhem is just sitting there sitting pretty. Yeah. It's well, either- and they they did update the Mayhem to come like their spec now is with the thirty six, a Fox thirty six, and when I bought mine, it was with a thirty four. If nothing else, the the paint changes in twenty twenty. You know, like God, the color's so good though. But something with that bike has to get spiced up. Like, yeah. If it's yeah. the longest in the two. Taco did a sit and fart. <laughs> it's the longest <laughs> in the tooth, and and it hasn't been uh hasn't been updone or redone recently. Like like it's just yeah. time. You know? Yeah, the biggest update it's had is then when they they just changed the spec, the fork spec. So I would ex- I would expect them to change the travel on it. Also, it's a good bike. If you're looking for a trail bike, that's still like my go to. They're good dogs, Brent. <laughs> Um, what else do we need to cover? I don't know. Well, I'm pretty tired. Do you want to call 2020 or, or 2019 a wrap? Does that mean we can start pre-drinking for New Year's Eve now? I mean, sweetie, you're like nine days out, but, um. <laughs> I am about to visit my family. That's between you and like your liver and DUIs and DWIs, depending on what state you're in between here and when you get back to Memphis. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's ah, uh, it's just sad. That's that's just a problem. I know. I haven't been drinking much, except for when you do drink, and then you have like a whole bottle and you black out and break a bunch of stuff. No, I don't. I know it's just a joke. That's when I turn into a werewolf. Ooh, and for the record, I was not home. Oh, we talked we discussed about this that in the last, last week. Like Matt was not home during the last full moon, so I'm I might have turned into a werewolf. I don't know. I have no recollection, but I don't think that when people are werewolves, they remember the stuff they do when they turn into wolf on a full moon night. And with that, that wraps up just riding along for 2019. Thanks everyone for coming along for the ride. We hope that next year is just as fun as. 2019 honestly if not more maybe there'll be a little less drama 
a little more big boy pants, and everyone will just have fun riding bikes. Oh, I'm sure there's still going to be bike companies that get real butthurt about something. But we can all bless their heart and hope for big boy pants. Oh, you mean for them, not for us. Oh, for them. Yeah, no, my big boy pants are fucking on. I'm talking about for <laughs> for the industry and the, as a whole. Maybe there's some more big boy pants being saddled up, worn. All right. They sell them down at Murdoch's. They're like $26. I can get you a pair if you can't afford them. Levi's. Some, some random bike company is going to call the bike shop tomorrow. Like but, trying to get me to buy them some pants? And be like, be like, Matt told me to go buy pants and I don't like it. I don't. I don't like it when JRE tells me what to do. They need to be fired. Well, I'm gonna push stop recording and throw the ball for my dog because he just left it on the chair with us, and that's really the takeaway for the year. Do what you enjoy, have fun, make sure that everything you're doing is fun for you and doesn't make less fun for someone else, and be nice to each other. Unless you need to make it less fun so that you can become a better human being, like I do. Oh, yeah, but I meant if you're just out, like, egging cars or, like, setting people's lawns on fire. Oh, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Unless it's one of the people that tried to get us fired. Mom.